0: I am born. Rise up, ting, ting, like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul. Rise up, ting, ting, like glitter. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. It's 202. Recording at least alone. Yeah, no Eric Chase in the fam today. Uh, Eric and guest. Thanks for finding the podcast of. The show. Uh, we have a lot of guests this week because there's a lot of things going on. Um, I think yesterday I said on the air, "Happy Veterans Day." That feels uh, that feels that feels poorly worded. So, how about that? we'll do uh, if, if it was a card or something, we'd say "Thank you, Veterans Day." Or if you want to clean that up for me, you get the point. Um, so far as I can recall, both of my grandfathers were veterans. My dad was a veteran, but I cannot tell you that I'm familiar with any of their service. I do remember, and I for all these years, I had remembered that my grandfather's uh, Grandpa, that's Grandpa David, my dad's dad, and my mom's dad, Paul, who my brother is named after. and you're like, oh shit, Eric's got a brother. Yeah, Paul's named after Grandpa Paul, my mom's dad, who died when I was a little boy and gave me my first baseball glove. But... I remember when I was a uh, when I was a kid. One of my Halloween costumes was I wanted to be a punk rock kid. We had like colored hairspray and like clip on skeleton earrings. My dad gave me his old army jacket to finish off the punk rock look. So you know, it it reminds me. I really do need to ask my dad about uh, his service and my grandfather's, and maybe my, my uncle my my uncle Jeff would know about uh, Grandpa Paul's service. I will come back. That will be my homework to give to you for tomorrow Veterans Day, but. Thank you. It's a little... Sometimes I think we forget it. We forget big national days of remembrance um, when they're in the middle of the week because we're so used to like a Monday. Um, But not this time. Veterans Day is tomorrow. So uh, guest today and tomorrow. My guest... I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Mary from the Blade. I'll let her say it. Mary Bill you? Um, Pronounce it how it looks. So... I'm a big fan of The Blade. I feel like I'm one of the few people that defends The Blade. Uh, we had Jay Skiba on, one of the writers from The Blade. Um, and they have a staff of great writers. Jay and Liz. Allison is awesome. Sarah loves candy corn. Uh, Daitlin Curbin. All good people who, who really work their asses off. And if you've ever seen Jay's tweets, he is constantly fighting for uh, the writers' rights and, and their union against The Blade. Um, and I think what gets muddied there is while they're slamming their, their employer, you might not think, oh, they hate their job. It must, it must, it, the paper must suck. I actually think it's a pretty good product and it is, I, you know, if you listen to the podcast all the time, I believe it is the very best journalism, the most detailed journalism and storytelling of any of the media outlets here. Okay. Uh, but I think you're real. If you just skim through the blade for news stories, uh, you are missing what Mary does. Because for months now, I have seen these delectable, decadent-looking photos and then I scroll and read the story. I'm like, Mary is eating good again. Sometimes it's Jenna Spetz who does a lot of, I guess, like their, their social stuff and lets you know what's going on with uh, around town or live music. But Mary is solely focused on food. I think it was Mary who tipped me off to Crazy Philly. I think it was Mary who tipped me off to Little Asia and lots of other good places. She will explain all this. And I, wanna, I have a lot of questions for her. Nothing that I've actually prepared because, you know, I just like to have a conversation. But Mary to come shortly. First, a couple of other things. Um, if you missed Jeopardy last night, and I don't know if this is one of these things that people will play back for you, but I feel like it was my duty because we all um, felt somber and sad that we lost Alex Trebek over the weekend. So let me play part of this for you. And then I heard somebody use an adjective to describe Jeopardy. I'm like, Wow. That makes it an even better show. But this this first. I'm Mike Richards, the executive producer of Jeopardy. Over the weekend, we lost our beloved host, Alex Trebek. This is an enormous loss for our staff and crew, for his family, and for his millions of fans. He loved this show and everything it stood for. In fact, he taped his final episodes Less than two weeks ago. We're kind of familiar with that and Alex's work schedule as he was trying to fight, beat, hang on against uh, the the demon, uh, the, um, the the basically insurmountable foe that is pancreatic cancer. Um, and that, that executive producer was extremely young. But um, I was listening to a podcast. This is another sports podcast that I like, not the one that I regularly um resource here on on this podcast. And again, thank you for listening. Uh, They said, Jeopardy was so enduring, among other adjectives. But enduring struck me because we live in a culture like right now I'm watching like almost by the hour as the company where I used to work at, you know, slices jobs and and redoes the way traditional radio uh, has always been done for better or for worse, whatever. But Things have to evolve, or they die. Uh, things have to add new ideas. Sometimes those new ideas flop. Sometimes those new ideas thrive. For one example, um, McDonald's has been kind of late to the game. I think it was the Incredible Whopper at Burger King uh, of the first plant-based options. They were the first fast food joint to, to drop that. Well, now, like two years later, we've got the McPlant coming to McDonald's. You've got to you've got to change. You've got, to evolve, you've got to evolve, you've got to innovate, you've got to experiment. You've got to do all of these things, and McDonald's has done all of those, and that's why they're still arguably the biggest brand in casual and fast food. Um, they've lost market share because there's a lot other quality products, but nobody tops McDonald's because they have been the best for all these years with, again, innovating, experimenting, experimenting trial and error and all these things. Uh, they've done things that haven't worked, but we forget about those because they've done so many things that are good. Um, in any any brand, any business, any person, you've got to do all those things or you will fall behind. And as I watch a lot of my friends and, and people that I know through people losing their jobs now, I hope that I have done enough to, to keep my job. I hope I have extended my brand enough. I hope I have I have it adapted to enough things so that I can continue to be relevant and continue to do this and work for Cumulus. Um, and hopefully, this will be my last job. Like my last job is in. I will retire from this job in 15 years. That's very unlikely. But I hope that I'm doing the best that I can. So uh, we've been established here that you've got to innovate. You've got to experiment. You've got to you've got to evolve. When it comes to game shows there was Price is Right they were always adding new games and I guess Drew Carey now how long has he been the host and look you never want to be the guy after the guy but Drew Carey has has made it work he's made it his own uh, there are people now who get <coughs> sick and stay home from school and Drew Carey is the only host they know for Price is Right uh Wheel of Fortune has changed over the years I remember the change that I remember the change that, that struck me was Everybody always used to go with R-S-T-L-N-E. And then they're just like, here, you're getting these letters. Now pick a couple of more. Um, Wheel of Fortune has changed over the years. The Price is Right has changed over the years. Other things that have been around for a long, long time, I guess Survivor, has changed and evolved over the years. That's why they are still powerful brands in our mind. Jeopardy! was so simple, so straightforward, so easy to grasp. There were three things. And and so far as I can remember as watching Jeopardy and, I, Jeopardy, and I was never a diehard, but I certainly liked the show. I don't think they've ever changed. And if they have changed anything, it hasn't been all that memorable. It's been three things. Answers, questions, Alex Trebek. And my favorite Trebek videos were always the ones when he was sneakily condescending to people, which you uh, you might know a certain podcast host who can pull that off every now and then. Um, but when he would dabble away from just doing questions and answers and inject a little bit of his personality, it was snarky, sometimes condescending, but it was always so smart and articulate. And I saw other people say that Alex Trebek made them want to read and speak better. And I guess in a little way he did that with me. But for all the decades of Jeopardy's success, how did it evolve? Am I missing anything? If I am, let me know. If if there's a change, it, they couldn't have been big ones. Answers, questions, Alex Trebek. I forget what the actual names of these were, but first, first round Jeopardy, and then the second round of Jeopardy, and then final Jeopardy. And then there were the Daily Doubles. Maybe they added a Daily Double over a year, but so little change in evolution. Do you know How good? So how do you accomplish this? I I didn't plan to take this in that direction But I'll try to give you what I know You are My my marketing mind You are so good At what you aim to do You find a way to please everybody Let me think of a good example Let me think of a good example I'll go back to McDonald's I guess McDonald's has tried a lot of other things over the years Um, Salads I guess they're getting into a McFried sandwich. There's the fish sandwich. There's the rib. So they sprinkle all these things up. What does McDonald's do? Like, what is McDonald's known for? Burgers. You know what? I don't know how it is I haven't had in a long time, but they do burgers really, really well. And if you pick something and you're great at it and you let that greatness sprinkle into the halo of other things you attempt, you're probably going to be okay. But you have to be A+. Tens. You've got to be... Tom Brady, not from the other night, all the other Super Bowl Tom Brady's. You've got to be Tom Brady at what you're striving to do. Because if you're just Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, you're not going to be able to last like some of these brands are. Um, I'll use another sports analogy. Like, if all you do is hit home runs, and you hit more home runs than anybody else, or all you do is what you're great at hitting three-pointers, but if you start missing a couple of threes... And you can't rebound, and you're not very fast, and you don't play good defense, or if you're the home run hitter, and some of those home runs taper off, and you're not a good fielder, that's when those mega-colossal brands who do one or two things really well begin to tumble. So, uh, aim to be great at one thing, hopefully you like it, and then let that the sprinkles of greatness from that... Um, fall in the halo of the other things that you need to be good at because going back to lasting a long time as a a professional, as an employee, um, I'm very fortunate to have gotten into what I do when people had to be really good at more than one thing. Uh, before, you could just be on the radio, and that was it. Um, but as I got in, I, it was, I wanted to know how to schedule the music logs. I wanted to know how to write things in between the songs and how to do the politics of how things got from an envelope or uh, an MP3 to a big hit radio song um, and so many other things. So I'm very fortunate and thankful and grateful that I was able to learn to be as as good as possible at all things possible under my nose, and that, I think, has been the key to my longevity. Um. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Here's Mary from the Blade. I'm very excited for this and for you to hear this.
1: Hello there. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm, I've i been very excited to talk to you. And by the way, I'm recording. So okay. anything uh, anything you say now can and will be potentially Used in the podcast.
1: Me. <laughs> Used against me.
0: <laughs> do, you, uh, do you want to tell everybody right now that you are a candy corn advocate as opposed to me telling them that?
1: Sure. Um, I can't have candy corn in the house. I, I do acknowledge it has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. And I don't even know that I could go so far as to say that I like it at the same time. It, you have one and it triggers something in your brain. And so I have literally been known to say, oh, I'm just going to buy this one little bowl and then you eat one. Oh, that was easy eat a couple. And the next thing you know, you've eaten the whole bowl for dinner and you feel sick and you regret it. But, you know, you're going to do it again if you see the candy corn.
0: Yeah. I I, I remember reading something uh, five years or so ago that, like, totally debunked anybody having any level of discipline. And then <laughs> I, I kind of began to subscribe to you can't eat it if you don't buy it. And then I just realized, again, I have no self-discipline. so if I put it in a cabinet where I can't see it, I'm less likely to eat it.
1: But you know it's there and on some level it sings its little siren song to you and it's going to lure you and it's going to entice you. I find it's easier to resist it at the store than it is to resist it if it's in the house.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I get so I feel so bad because the candy corn sitting there on the shelves and it's so lonely and people walk by and curse at it. And then it's like, (laughs) buy one, get half off. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, people, uh, I I like animals. I can't go to the shelter because my heart will be like, I want them all. It's that way when I see candy corn in Target. It's like, I'll just take all you home with me.
1: That's it, because it's so maligned and people either love it or loathe it. And you have to make up for the people who loathe it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's overcompensating for sure. Yes, indeed. Um, So there's an intro on on the beginning of this podcast that I'll slap together when we wrap up. Okay. Um, Can I try to pronounce your name?
1: You go right ahead. It's Um, not as hard as it looks, but let's let's hear you go for it.
0: I do take, and especially in the great honor of Alex Trebek, and articulating things correctly and pronunciation and enunciation, I'm just going to go with Mary Billu.
1: You are so good. You're a man who has watched some of my videos and heard me pronounce it. How about I, that? I haven't.
0: I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I
1: have not watched You haven't. I, Shame on you.
0: I know. And I and, and I, I spent part of the the intro like I am a big big Blade fan and I was able Thank you. to go a level deeper with that because you know the the Blade, I I deeply believe, is the best journalism that we have in the area. The best journalism and the most detailed. And, you know, I feel bad when I see Jay firing off tweets about uh, the, the bosses and stuff. Because I'm like, that's going to get muddied up with you thinking the Blade sucks. Because people cannot always pull things apart. And I'm like, ah! But, one thing I know people, well, I think people might overlook. Because the journalism is so good.
1: It is. Please let me throw in, if I can just interrupt, Please. My, my colleagues are, are so passionate and are, are so fascinated with their beats and are so curious. And they work so hard on so many levels and so many different platforms to bring people news, to bring people truth. Um, they, they deserve a thousand rounds of applause every day.
0: We are we are very much allowed to use um, adult language. Not that I think you're going to drop too many f-bombs here or or I will I will lose certain uh, certain minority listeners or anything like that with you. But uh, people don't know how far up Shits Creek aka the dirtiest part of the mommy they would be if the blade just went up and gone. Like thing there would be major problems here.
1: We're able to, because of, because of our various platforms, we're able to delve into stories um, in much greater depth than, than radio, than television, than, than any of the other media that we have in the area. And it's not in any way to slight anybody, just each, each performs its own role. And so not having that, I mean, frankly, if you ask my friends back in Ann Arbor where I came from, Um, The Ann Arbor News closed and it turned into AnnArbor.com. Then it was absorbed into other media groups. And so now it's back to being the Ann Arbor News. But people joke that, that they have to go to Detroit, for example, Detroit stations or papers to get news. All you, all you get if you go to com anymore is, you know, oh, we did this tour of where's the best pizza place in Michigan. Right. And it, it's really, really sad. People don't, you know, it's the old saying, you don't know what you've got till it's gone.
0: Yeah. And I, a lot of the people that work at the TV, the, the TV stations are are my friends and they work their butts off, but they are, mm-hmm. asked, they are asked to check different boxes and attain different metrics than you guys are. And, yeah. you know, if there was ever a presentation, if I ever had to explain to people with a, a, a a very short PowerPoint, a very short deck, it would be like, here's a story on 13 ABC. It's 110 words. Here's the same story on the Blade. It's 800 words. Who do you think yeah. put in more work to give you more details about the story? And again, you're right. That's no slide on 13 or, or WTO or even NBC. They're just asked to do things differently.
1: They have, we all have different audiences. And so we complement each other. You know, some people... Learn better if they're reading. Some people learn better orally. Um, Different people have different um, structures in their day, time frames, and such. You know, somebody may need to catch up with the news just listening to the car radio in the morning on the way to work. Somebody else may have time to sort of sit and linger over a second cup of coffee and read a more in depth story. So we all we all work together is really the way I see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're we're all all of us legacy media. We we are in this together, and I'm I'm glad that everybody treats it that way. Um, everybody looks out for one another across the media landscape here.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there was a great picture uh, a couple of months ago, and I forget what the assignment was because it it wasn't mine. It may have been out at Government Center, and and so the the different television stations had sent women who were gonna be reporting, I women who were, the, the, were operating the cameras. The Blade had sent women to cover the story as, and as a photographer and videographer. And instead of all sort of acting like they were fighting for the same story and see who was gonna get it first, they took a picture of these dozen amazing women all doing their jobs, all working hard to bring the news. It was amazing.
0: I vividly remember that picture and you're you're so right because it wasn't just, it was everybody working on those stories and it wasn't just the writers, it was Photogs and everybody else. So that that was awesome and brilliant. All right, let's let's dive into this. So my my long winded point there was the journalism in the blade is great, but so I I use the blade newslide app every day, and I always get stuck. And this is why I can't believe it's taken me so long to ask you. I always get stuck when there is some delectable looking food porn picture, <laughs> and I go down the rabbit hole, and I'm like, oh my god, and I can't, I can't, I. I Maybe Sarah or whoever over there told you what an interview with me is like. I ask, I, I, have, I have a couple of questions, but I usually just like to have a conversation, and I like to throw my opinions at you. But the well, stuff-
1: I listened, so so I knew going in. But that's the best way to do it. Like I really don't like phone interviews, um, or like you know if you're if you're doing direct messages if you're just trying to get a couple of quotes or something. I want to, and of course, it's hard these these days. We all know. Um, I like to go to somebody's home or their place of business or whatever, and just start talking because you get them in their environment, and that prompts different questions than just "Here are the top five things I need to know so I can write my story." It's yeah. a whole different thing. So yeah. I like I like your style. That's the I, same style I, I have,
0: I'm, and that's why you know it's like uh, doing radio as I've done it. I I, I, I learned quickly that. All right, we've got about like um, 15 yards from the green room, air quotes, to the studio for me to figure out if this person is going to be a jackass or not, or we're <laughs> going to have a, bl- a great interview. So we're going to be good. I, In fact, my only concern was that you and I were going to talk for like 90 minutes and just keep going. And every now I and can then, say that. Um, I might have to stop and do a quick traffic report because I'm on the air at the same time we're doing this. But okay. be, the, even long, the even longer, like this is a hurricane now. The pictures for your stories suck me in and then I find (laughs) out about, I thought I knew places when they pop up, but you have turned me on to so many cool places and the two that jump out to me, at -hmm. least in the last handful of months, because you could tell me these places and I will remember the stories, but there's just been so many. I think you or, and some credit to Jenna too, because Jenna does some food, Jenna spats and some lifestyle things, but Crazy Philly.
1: Oh, yes. 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 Well, first, before before we go any further, um, when you're talking about the cheap eats as opposed to the Wednesday recipe stories, mm-hmm. cheap eats, those the, the food porn, you got to give the credit to Phil Kaplan. He does the okay. pictures and he does the videos. He makes me look good because you're going to find out if you spend 90 minutes with me that I blather and I need a <laughs> flowchart to keep track of where I was and what I was talking about. And he makes me look coherent and concise and takes amazing pictures of the food. The only thing we're missing is aromatherapy, aroma vision (laughs) so that you guys can smell the garlic fries or whatever is coming. I can smell it.
0: The pictures are that good. Like I'm not overstating this.
1: No, Um, he filled us an extraordinary job, just extraordinary. So we went to crazy Phillies and this was, this was in the summer and we got lured in by the, um, by the, the food porn that they posted on social media with sandwiches and Italian ices. And, um, and so it's this small place on Burn Road and everybody's wearing masks. So th- this is early on in our, our year of mask dumb and, and everything else. And, and they set up a little small table for us um, and just the nicest, nicest people and you know there is a place for the the refined, the beautiful, like the the beautiful wedding cakes that have cascading petals of flowers, and and everything is just precise and pristine. But you know what? In my heart, I want I want the stuff that is just like diner food, comfort food. You know, Phil and I joke about it being drunk food. Yeah. Um, and so this big hunkin Philly cheese that I can barely hold in two hands with the cheese dripping off. Oh my God. That is, that is just heaven. Absolute heaven. So I'm from
0: Philadelphia. Oh um,
1: yeah. So have you been to crazy Phillies yet?
0: I, I have like, this is when I went into the Mary bill U world. This is where I became, I was like, I'm going to follow her everywhere. <laughs> like that's when you <laughs> sold me. Cause I'm like, all right, Mary's playing in my ballpark. Now let me see yeah. if we sync up. And I do remember the the table that they gave you because when I went in there there weren't there weren't any tables so you got the you got the chop house I got the VIP treatment, treatment. yes <laughs> um it, I too went shortly after that that story hit so they were a little little clunky in there but just getting going and yeah. all the the protocols um but being from Philadelphia I love this stuff. Um, I'm always looking for something that's from back home. We have Mr. Spots. You know about Mr. Spots, right? Yes, indeed. Okay, so Mr. Spots, they have like sandwiches named after where I grew up. And they, they do get the bread right. I think they get the Amoroso rolls um, mm-hmm. flowing in here somehow. But so I got the crazy feeling, got the standard stuff, and I call it water ice. Or my,
1: You know, I was going to say that, that, that was that was a key thing that they knew that term
0: and if you want to say it right, it's water ice. That would be my bad accent. And and I saw the uh, Mustache Mike's uh, food truck out a couple of summers ago and I grew up working and going, I I, I went to and worked at a place called Rita's Water Ice. Big on the East Coast. Water ice, yes. (laughs) I would explain it. It's in between like Italian ice and a slushy. And I, when I got, when I saw uh, Mustache Mike's out at different uh, food truck festivals, I always grabbed it. The Orange and vanilla was delicious. I'm like, this is better than Rita's. So the fact that they were together, I was delighted. But long story short, the bread was fine. But <laughs> the meat that they used was yeah. just like having it back home. And, and it definitely passes
1: with high marks. Oh, see, that's that's critical. That somebody who's from there who knows what you're looking for. And you found what you were looking for. Where's you two when you need them, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> um, I forget the gentleman's
0: name, but I, I was like, so where are you from? He's like, Philadelphia. I'm like, no, 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 Where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from outside of Philly. Chester, I'm like Delaware County. I know it well. So they, they were good people. And my only hope was that they were able to shake off any rust of getting going and and thrive and survive because that is a good spot over there.
1: It is. There's a lot of traffic over there.
0: Yeah. Do you want uh, you want to hop across the street cuz I tried another place last week over tell there. Me. Little tell, me. tell tell me your thoughts cuz I can't remember what you wrote Little Asia.
1: Oh my gosh. Little Asia is so so good. It's this it, it you know it used to be a, a Sichuan restaurant and now it's got new ownership and and so Wei Wen, the owner wants to to make it not just chinese and not just regional chinese but she really wants to expand to um to more of a fusion food and to represent different areas so to listen to her talk she's so sweet she's just lovely anybody who goes in there needs to just sit and talk with her she's so knowledgeable and she just she loves this food and this is this is her comfort food like she told me that fried rice is is her comfort food and, and she wanted us to try, like, everything on the menu. And, you know, of course, we always want to try everything <laughs> on the menu. But you got to, you know, focus, focus, focus. So we always pick three items. So we got the the special roast duck. And we had had to order that a day ahead so they had time to, to, to prepare it. We got, um, oh, I'm not going to remember it right now. We got angry chicken that had lots of peppers. It was nowhere near as spicy as I expected. What was spicy was the noodles but oh my gosh they were hand pulled and Phil went in the kitchen and he got video of the chef pulling the noodles and it's such an art you like it's it's entrancing you want to just keep watching and they were they were chewy um not gummy and there was this amazing spice level not like oh my god sear your lips off but just oh my god my taste buds are all awake and excited and doing a little happy dance so so good I'm still craving those noodles I have to get back there
0: we I ordered there a couple of weeks ago. I have a friend who really likes Chinese food. Like he is a diehard, and when he saw that it said authentic, it mm-hmm. got his attention. But a lot of places could say that. But then he looked. A at lot the,
1: of places throw that word around, and they shouldn't. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and and I am I am all for some some divey Chinese food places. I like to say you know when I was living in Detroit, I was like the more dangerous the neighborhood, the better the Chinese food usually is. You, you know it. Um. But we I we ordered and. I think, I think the pictures that you guys posted did it justice because it's not a divey hole in the wall place. It's actually got some pretty intricate decor in there, right?
1: It's a really lovely, bright space. Um, it almost looks a little sort of cafe bistro-y. Yeah. Um, so it's very, it's very inviting. Um, you know, Wei Wen had said she wants it to be sort of your neighborhood place where you would sit and have some tea and, and, you know, when you're done with lunch that you could just loiter there and hang out there. She really wants it to be inviting. And it's a, just a bright, friendly place. It's not like you say, it's not what you expect. But did you see the mural, the God of War on the side?
0: No, i was looking at the food but i I didn't (laughs) i didn't go i've uh and i for the longest time i couldn't figure out where the hell it like dorn and uh, dorn burn like where is their room and like and i drove past chasers one day i'm like there it is and i saw the pendant lighting in there i'm like okay this is not a divey place so that friday i ordered from them and Mm -hmm. the noodles were as like I encourage everybody to get, get the noodles or get the duck, but the noodles, it's not your traditional low main noodles. The noodles were thick and robust and delicious. I got the Chinese pancakes, which is hard to find doughy and delicious, but I got to go because I want the full experience and I want someone who's not named Greg to bring me something (laughs) in styrofoam. I got to do the full experience.
1: Well they're they're so lovely there they're they're willing to talk you through the menu um, and explain things to you. So so I encourage people, you know, wherever you're going, you you shouldn't just read the menu and presume. If you have a question, ask the question. And you know, maybe part of your determination of whether this is a restaurant for you is, you know, do do the people you know, are are people knowledgeable about the food? Can they answer your questions? Can they guide you so that you have a, a maximum enjoyable experience? Because that's really what you want. Yeah. So I'll let you in on a secret. Um, our next Cheap Eats, which is going up on Wednesday the 11th, we went to the Jerk Jollof and Barbecue Truck. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God, the food was so good. But this is, this is food that's not usually seen like Caribbean food seems to be having a moment there's a couple of restaurants that are just opening that are Jamaican so you get some Jamaican food some broader Caribbean food but then they also serve like the jollof rice and food from West particularly West Africa also East Africa and and Joe Dennis the owner of the truck was talking to us about about some of the weekend specials and they serve different kinds of stews with fufu and i said are you going to teach people how to eat, how to eat the fufu where you roll it into a ball and you sort of you know you pick up the stew with it and he he laughed and he said absolutely because he wants people to to try the food to enjoy the food and if he just gives you this bowl of what looks sort of like you know polenta or or grits and he gives you a bowl of stew and you don't know how the two combine he he's not he's not serving the food you know he's not serving the customer so so by all means talk to people and and find out especially if you're going to a place where you're not familiar with the cuisine learn all you can i mean that's the beauty of of what i do is i get to learn about history i get to learn about religions. I get to learn about culture. I get to learn about people through their food and
0: eat a lot better than what Sarah Elms is getting at council meeting. <laughs> um, wait, I have, some, I have some rapid fire questions with that. What was the name of the truck again?
1: The jerk jollof and barbecue truck. Okay. If you follow them on Facebook, they'll tell you where they are.
0: I will track them down because that's a Please food do. that I've wanted for a long time. My next question with all that stuff is: Is the Jamaican place on that same corner, Doran Byrne, is that place any good?
1: You know, I hate to say it, but I've not had a chance okay. to try that. I know that our bill of fare gave it a good review, but I I can't speak to it personally. You know, and I and I have to qualify this. A lot of times, people think that I do bill of fare, that I do the restaurant reviews, and I have nothing to do with that. Um, But beyond that, I do so much cooking. Like you'll find me at Kroger, more likely, or at some grocery store before you'll find me at a restaurant. Um, I cook, I bake, because I do the recipe pages on Wednesdays. And I also do dinner for one recipes on the first Sunday of each month. So I do a lot more cooking and baking. And Cheap Eats is really my opportunity to get out and, and try new restaurants. So there's a long list on my I still got to eat there places.
0: I'm going to have to make a better effort. And I thought I did uh, to, to catch the 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 recipe for one on Sundays because I mm-hmm. enjoy I enjoy cooking. I know, like in this, so I'm I'm single, 41. I have two dogs, and it's not good. good to, it's it's not good to go. Hey, can I make you dinner? Like as you're getting to know somebody, because they think they're going to wind up in my basement. Well, that's <laughs> not going to happen. But I would rather. I like cooking. I can make it a social experience. Sit down, play with the dogs. I like cooking because I don't often do it. For my, I don't get to creative with myself because I don't like leftovers but if you've got some...
1: You don't. Oh, see leftovers are fabulous (sighs) because first of all if you liked it the first time you should like it again but leftovers can also be transformed you can make something entirely new in some cases anyway, not with everything.
0: Yeah (laughs) I make a lot of chicken stuff and and, and meats and stuff and it's just I like it when it's fresh and warm and not nuked in the microwave but I I do
1: know what you're saying. Don't nuke your food.
0: I know. I know. (laughs) I'm going to look forward to the, to the Sunday ones now. Um, let's, uh, can we talk pizza? Certainly. Give me your, your just general gist of pizza in the area, places you like recipes that you've done at home.
1: Well, I can, I can speak at length about all of the above. I have done some (laughs) pizza stories. Um, was it last fall? oh my goodness, it's been so long, and we've, this whole year has just been such a, such a blur. Um, we did, uh, Phil and Rob Garcia and I all got together and we did something called Pizza Club, where we went all over town eating pizza and rating the pizzas. Um, and that was a huge interactive project and we had readers voting on that. Um, but we've had new places that have opened since then. So my, my opinions have changed.
0: Uh, let, since there's a lot of them, let's, let's do like uh 15 seconds on, on, on what on the ones from last fall and then update me where we are now.
1: Okay. Well, first I have to qualify that, you know, you grew up in Philly, so you have a certain notion <laughs> of pizza. Yes. I grew up in New York city. I have a very, very clear notion of what pizza is. We, I want a could... large slice, thin crust. It's got to be foldable without turning to mush and I want that little point that drips down with the pepperoni grease dripping on my plate.
0: You and I could share a pizza together.
1: There we go. So where do you like to go? Let me ask you that first. Uh,
0: I've, so I found Mama Mary's a bunch of years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know those guys are from kind of like uh, they're down down the shore, like Atlantic City area, New Jersey Beach area. And they brought that that uh, that style. So they're a they're a very, very solid East Coast pizza. And they're good guys. They they closed one of their shops, but they they're they're near me on airport. So that's a good, solid pizza. It's big. It's missing some of the things that you wanted checked off. So if I had if I had to say, Mary, you and I are going to go get a pizza that we can both love. I haven't had big slice yet and I've heard really good things, but if, okay. with, without knowing I'd say we're going to go to stubborn brother.
1: Stubborn brother has had my heart since before they opened because I went in with John Chavez, one of our business writers um, for some preview stories and he was there to do the actual story. And I was more there just to say, Hey, you know, is there something down the road that I might be able to cover just cause, you know, talking about pizza is fun. Um, and, And I talked with with John Mancy about it. And he was telling me that he had, you know, been eating pizza all over the Northeast, specifically in New York. And when he mentioned that he was going not just for New York pizza, but he was going for John's pizza. And he specifically said John's in the village as opposed to the one that's up in the mid 60s. And I'm like, the man knows what he's talking about. And do you know they have a New York City water filter so you can yes. get the proper water for making that dough?
0: That that's always been that's always been the rub for any place that does Philly this East Coast that you can try to replicate it but with the water is what makes the 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 bread and the amarosa rolls in hoagie rolls and cheesesteaks taste that way. It like I remember as I got older, um, people started using water filtration systems and yeah. Brita pitchers. I'm like, let me tell you something. Uh, like Philadelphia was way up on these things because you could not drink the water from the faucet because it was so filled with lead. But yes. it gave us soft pretzels and great bread and great pizza. And when I saw when I saw that they had that filtration system there, I'm like, yeah. okay. This is legit now. So,
1: so now the next time I haven't made bagels at home for years and years and years. Uh, but if I ever make them again, I'm gonna go down there with a with a pitcher <laughs> and I'm gonna say, "Hey, can I can I have some water so that I can make the bagels properly?" Um, now, since then, uh, Rob Campbell has opened uh, Rob's Side Hustle Pizza Truck. We covered that in Cheap eats Oh my God, if you want some food porn you got to look that one up the shots that phil got of that pizza bubbling in the wood fire oven (gasps) oh my god oh my god um so rob does more of a new haven style so it's got a lot of the same characteristics it's got the thin crust uh the yeasted crust as opposed to the sort of flat crackery crust that that is popular in this area you can do the foldable slice he's got really creative toppings uh but it's got it's got more bubble and more chew to it and Rob's Pizza, you get that fresh out of the oven. Don't even waste your time taking it home. Just pull up a chair and eat that pizza, and you will fall in love.
0: I just found them on uh, on Facebook, and I like them. Tell, what, have you done Big Slice yet?
1: I, no, I haven't. And we you sh- mentioned Mama Mary's. I, you know, that's not near me, so I have not had a chance to go down there. But I hear such good things about them.
0: Yeah, it's it's really good. It's quick. Um, I I would say you have you have better adjectives than I have. Stubborn brother is more like what we're used to. And for mm-hmm. me, it's because the the one thing you didn't say in your perfect slice was, I like when I get some of that that doughy flour residue on the bottom of the crust and it's on my yes. hands.
1: Stubborn oh, bro- so you know your stuff.
0: Yeah, stubborn brother has that. Like if I leave stubborn brother, <laughs> I'm, so I'm also Jewish. And if I leave stubborn brother out overnight without putting it in the... Uh, in, in the refrigerator it tastes like matzah in the morning and i'm totally yeah. okay with that
1: <laughs> i have a friend at seder one time who talked about matzah tasting like wall and we all burst out laughing <laughs> yeah
0: um let's see any other any other big pizza thoughts before we try something else
1: um no i don't i'm intrigued to find out i i apologize that i didn't know that you're jewish no. i could talk about jewish food for the rest of my life Really? It is one of my great passions. You know, I'm kind of uh, sorta in the process of converting, and my my boyfriend is is um is a, a culinary Jew. He's got the genes, and um and he likes the bagels. Um.
0: <laughs> All right, so two things. I just found some food truck uh, or spot. He's over on M- Marengo and I told him I was like. I don't I think it's a him, I'm not sure. It's an Instagram huh. thing. It was like if I lived down there, I'd I'd come by you, but if you deliver over by UTMC or airport and airport and Fridays, please I'll I'll get a big he's called the Bagel Box. Ooh. And um, he he swears by his bagels, and I he does get some points because more than just an everything bagel, he had some kind of rye. It's hard to find a rye bagel. He had pumpernickel,
1: yeah. but Ooh. no,
0: but no marble. So, but I'm I'm going to give him a shot.
1: And have you you've tried all crumbs?
0: I have had all crumbs, not their bagels though. Everything else. Oh, you have
1: got to try the bagels. You've okay. got to try the bagels. The everything bagel is everything. Is because again, you know, it's. It's, it's got everything that I, I remember from, from New York. It's got the sheen, the, the shininess. It's got the crisp crust. It's got the chew. It's got the malt in it. It's just, it's just so beautiful. So beautiful.
0: I remember I was doing some promo work and, um, at the farmer's market and where I got set up for, I used to help out Toledo soup. Are you familiar with them?
1: Oh yes, indeed. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Such a fabulous organization.
0: It's on hiatus now for lots yeah. of obvious reasons, and I was doing some promo, and there was an empty spot at the farmer's market next to me where I was like, so uh is anybody here? Can I spread over? They're like, no, he comes like when he wants, and it was the all-crumbs guy, <laughs> but people were lining up like they were giving uh-huh. away babies and winning lottery tickets, and I've never seen anything like that in my life before. Like, he could have shown up smoking a cigarette, perhaps with cans of meth and like all kinds of children from all over the world. And people still would have bought every single thing he had I'd have bought
1: everything he had. Absolutely. Yeah. They ha- have you had the cheese Danish?
0: I have had that and his pretzel thing. Delicious.
1: The lamination, the la- the lamination, the flakiness on that dough is just just so like I like to bake, but I cannot do what they do
0: yeah they they are sorcerers oh um, just amazing did you i did not and it's from my own fault did you take advantage of the zingerman's visit here
1: i did not um you know zingerman's is is a force to be reckoned with in ann arbor they have amazing food but again i do so much cooking and so much baking and i have cheap eats and <laughs> Right. And, and there are nights where we just have to have like clean out the fridge nights cause I can't find the fridge. So as much as, as I heard it calling and singing its little siren song to me, uh, it, it just wasn't feasible. It just wasn't something I could do at that time.
0: Cause we have, I've had actually recently, I, I, the whole year I've had three weird cravings, any kind of pretzel, but really soft pretzels, corned mm-hmm. beef. And bagels. And I went to, oh, I can't remember the My Way Bistro on Monroe. Okay. And it was a good corned beef sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then it was somewhere else. And they were good corned beef sandwiches, but they were not Carnegie sized corned beef sandwiches, which is what I really prefer. So, what do you do? Do I order two of them? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right take off the extra bread just say here i'll have two sandwiches just leave the extra bread just pile them on top of each other
0: we don't have a good jewish deli and the, I'll, I'll go to
1: focaccia's t- does a lot of the really good old school jewish food even amongst all of ed's um beautiful polish like like he they make the um the the pierogi from his from his Busha's recipe um but they've got a they've got a really good Real deal kind of kind of New York deli menu on there too. Focaccias is really good.
0: I had a corned beef sandwich before because a friend, this was years ago now, a friend said, you know, if you're looking for that East Coast sandwich, it's here. And then I ordered like the biggest one that they had. I was like, this is barely normal size. And it was good. It was good. <laughs> but part of the Why? joy of eating a corned beef sandwich, Jewish style, is having to use a knife and fork.
1: Yes. Now, do you go up to the Detroit Burbs?
0: I don't. I don't. Oh, I live live there a bunch. So I know all the good spots. There was one place that used to go with a friend, uh, in Southfield on like Northwestern highway and like 10 mile star, star deli. I think it was.
1: Yes, indeed. And then there's the whole strip along Greenfield. Yes. So much amazing. Good food.
0: That's the, old, like, I, I love so much about, this is my home now. It has been for seven years. It has been for, like, three years. I've lived here for, like, seven or eight years. The mm-hmm. one thing that we don't have is a kick-ass Jewish deli, like, right here, where we can go to. And, and some of these places that we already talked about are good, but it's yes. not a Jewish deli.
1: All my friends in the Jewish community tell me the stories of, of the old delis that used to be here. And and I, I we really missed out. We really missed out. It sounds like there, were, there was just an amazing array of food. But as the community has shrunk, so too have have all the attendant Jewish experiences. There's
0: 2,200 of us. I'm, I'm fairly close to the Jewish Federation. There's 2,200 of us.
1: Now, Federation has been doing an extraordinary job all year with the book festival. Yes. And with um, with the, the the programs and giveaways. So they've got the Hanukkah giving, giveaway coming up Uh, Where you get to to pick up a little goodie package, whether you're going to be making challah for the high holidays, um, soup mixes, whatever it is. For each holiday, they are doing just a tremendous job of keeping people um, connected culturally. It's a chance to drive up and see my friends. I've been absolutely loving it. They've been just, just, it's just been heartwarming.
0: Who are your friends?
1: Oh my God! I could I could name a thousand. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I... At, at all the at all the shuls, at, at Federation, I know them all. I okay. know everybody. Um, They've and... been wonderful to me. They've been so. But then I have to say, truly, you know, I say that the, the Federation and the Jewish community, the the, the Greek community, uh, the Lebanese community, I've, so many so many people in Northwest Ohio have have welcomed me literally into their hearts, into their homes. Um, shared stories with me. I mean, I went to go learn how to make some of the Lebanese pastries at St. George's Cathedral on Woodley, one of my first years here. And my, my life has not been my own in recent years as we've taken on new projects. But I was making these, these cookies where you fill them with, I forget if it was dates or walnuts that day, and you crimp the edges, but then you use pinchers to, to make distinctive markings on the tops of the cookies. And there was a woman, she was 95 years old, and she had this little baggie with a set of pinchers in it of different sizes. And she let me borrow them so that she could show me how to do them. Her late husband had made those, and she shared those with me so I could learn to make the cookies. I'm going to tear up even as I tell you this story. I mean, just people have been so wonderful to me here. Yeah. So it's... when you say that Toledo is home, it, it absolutely is.
0: When did you When did you arrive here?
1: Um, that horrendous winter of 2014, oh, hit records it. for low temperatures and in high piles of snow.
0: <laughs> I, I, that was my second winter here. And I remember it was the, the last one of those that we had in March sometime. And so I, I lived in St. Clair Village. So my the other side of my bedroom was Home Slices Bar. Okay, yes. Um, and I worked at iHeart then across the street. Yeah. There was one morning this last storm and I'm like you got to be shitting me. It was windy, I couldn't see anything and people laugh, but I was like I really couldn't get across the street. I was fighting the wind and the snow and I just couldn't do it. Those were those were horrendous winters we had.
1: Not a, it was not a warm welcome. It's a good thing that the people made up for it, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, I have two more questions that yeah. I know I want to ask you food-wise, and then we can do whatever. But to roll back to the uh, to the Jewish stuff, yes. you know about the secret with challah, right?
1: I don't know. What secret do you mean?
0: That's how you got to make your French toast.
1: Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Except when I make it on Fridays, I usually... Um, I put a savory topping, so I do poppy seeds and sesame seeds. Um, I tend to usually sprinkle maybe some za'atar or some Aleppo pepper, so I'm going to have to try to remember to make a, a sweet topping or just not topping, and then and then make the French toast the next day.
0: My uh, my Grammy Bale made me a fat little boy that way because she wouldn't <laughs> say no even after like seven or eight slices, and it was just the challah. However, she made the egg, which was probably a pound of butter and like sprinkles, of of, c- sprinkles of cinnamon.
1: It's soul food. And you cannot, you cannot turn down your booby when she's offering you more. You can't. Yeah.
0: yeah, It was delicious stuff. And to this day, I always preach, Hey, if you like French toast, you gotta, you gotta get yourself a roll of challah. And there's yep. a girl in the Jewish Federation, Gina, who, who makes them <gasps> weekly. Gina! Yeah. Gina
1: makes the best challah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I keep telling her she needs to go into business.
0: For real. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll kick. She always offers me stuff and I always have to turn her down for one reason or another. Maybe the offer should be here. Like, let's do a holla truck or something. I don't know.
1: Um, she needs to. Mexi- she makes beautiful loaves of bread. I, I actually, I did a story about the high holidays a few years ago and, and included her in there with, with the holla, the gorgeous round loaves.
0: Yeah, it would be, it would do very well here. Um, uh, Mexican restaurants. Just general yes. thoughts.
1: Um, Let's go back to that that word authentic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too many use the word authentic and they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I'll say, th- I, I totally get what you're saying. I'll I'll say this. They're not bad. Like, you always get a quality meal, but you're right. There's a difference between quality and absolutely authentic. So who are the authentic places that you like?
1: I love, love, love La Taqueria Authentica yeah, down the by Southland. Sofia Quintero. And, and the cooks at Sofia Quintero, if they're ever doing any special dinner, just, just line up. Just line up for whatever they're feeding you.
0: And I think, see, the old South End has kind of gotten forgotten. I don't know why, um, but I, I, I did some things at Sofia Quintero a couple of years ago. And, and Lindsay from Toledo Soup is the one who told me, you got to go down Broadway and there's yep. this place that doesn't sell, sell any alcohol, but it has delicious Mexican. I've not had it, but everyone who is told me about it, has loved it. And people that are like, where's a good Mexican restaurant? Should I go to San Marcos? I'm like, no, go to, go two blocks down on Broadway and go to La Taqueria.
1: Now I've had really good meals at, at San Marcos. In fact, the bench family from bench farms, um, invited me to lunch there and their son, Kurt, who has shared legacy farms with his wife, Corinna, they, um, he had been in, I want to say, Illinois when he went to school and, and he was engaged in, in farm work, and he met a lot of people who were from Mexico. And so they taught him about Mexican food. And when he was back here, and I may be muddling the details a little bit to him from what he had been taught, San Marcos was the real deal. And I've had really good meals there. And as you say, it's not that I've not had good meals, but it depends, am I, am I looking for sort of Tex-Mexi food or am I looking for the real thing?
0: Or, and my face in a frozen margarita.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um I fell in love uh with with Cocina de Carlos when oh, yeah. I got it was like mango jerk chicken or mango jerk mango spi- spicy mango fajitas. Oh like mm-hmm. I was going to take my clothes off right then and there and just, you know, you can either crucify me or whatever best Mexican meal I've ever had.
1: They are amazing and they are such wonderful, wonderful people. So I, you know, back in the day when we had events and I would go to events and there would be all these tasting tables like at Jam City to raise money for food yeah. for thought. And, you know, some people would have a, a table with with something where you could just sort of grab it and go. And it was all wonderful. I mean, I'm seriously, I have eaten so well at a lot of these events, but Carlos is there with the meat but he doesn't want the vegans to feel left out so he has vegan options and he's he's heating the tortillas right there while you wait so there's a line of like 15 people waiting for the freshly made food i mean he just puts so much love and passion into it
0: um any other mexican places you want to shout out before we move on to something else
1: i feel like i'm i'm forgetting something i should have taken (laughs) noise So apologies if I am neglecting anybody and hurting anybody's feelings, but I think- El, El Tipico? Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, I would've, <laughs> I would've, I would've just, just had to commit hierarchy or something if I had forgotten that. They have been doing what they do, family business, homegrown vegetables and herbs, uh, true food of love for more than 50 years. God love them, they are amazing, just amazing. Thank you for prompting my memory. I would have felt so guilty. You're welcome. And, you know, Catholic Jewish guilt, because, you know, the the Catholic guilt for how you're raised and the Jewish guilt that you're adopting, and it's a really bad thing to get the double dose.
0: The, the Jewish cynicism <laughs> and sarcasm that you'll get. Um, I, wanna, I I have, I've thought of two more places that I would have run by you. Maybe we can finish that. But can <laughs> you give me any eclectic places, off the beaten path or up and coming, kind of like the Jerk Place, which, what was the name of that? Again, I'll, I want to find it on Facebook.
1: The Jerk? jollof j-o-l-l-o-f and barbecue truck
0: j is it all one word
1: no it's separate words so it's jerk then jollof is
0: that a j or a g
1: j-o-l-l-o-f so jollof is a type of rice that that Got has it. tomato and onion and um there and two go. bits of meat in it and it's seasoned and it's ubiquitous throughout west africa
0: i've never been I'd like like to go for the, I like trying, as long as I don't hear anything about intestine, guts, or fish, I'll try almost anything.
1: You don't like fish?
0: I do not like fish.
1: Is it an allergy or a dislike? Uh,
0: It smelled bad in the kitchen when my mom made it when I was a kid. Flounder, (laughs) salmon, and...
1: Gefilte fish. (laughs) Oh, God. Ugh.
0: (laughs) My dad likes chopped liver. Oh, God, it's awful. So does my
1: boyfriend. My boyfriend is Toledo's most famous picky eater. Loves chopped liver.
0: Yeah, my... Chopped I, chicken livers. I, I thought my dad was going to get... Do you know Robin Eisenberg? Oh,
1: God,
0: yes. thought my dad was going to get thrown out of Robin's uh, Passover one one year when he kind of didn't have the best reaction to to the chopped liver that was served.
1: <gasps> Ugh. You can't go to Rhoda's house and dish chopped liver. <laughs> well, and then we, we gave Rhoda's...
0: Oh, you know what? I should tell you. You know, and I'll save it for another time. I have a great story about my first Passover there. Oh, um, Okay. So I got the jerk place. What's another maybe eclectic p- people that you haven't been able to write up, or it's been a while, or you want to get out there that I should go try? It's a food truck restaurant, wherever.
1: Oh man, that's a that's a hard one. I got a list of about thirty places I want to do cheap eats, first and one you can't comes, do them.
0: First one that comes to mind.
1: Um. Oh, blanking, blanking, blanking. Let me pull up my list and see what I've got here. Cheater. <laughs> If you knew if you knew me better, you'd know that my brain is a sieve. Yeah, me too. Let's.
0: If I ever lost my 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 phone, the worst loss would be the notes that I my notes app. I'd be dead.
1: Yes. yes. Um, let's see. It helps if you're on the right page instead of. So let's see. Uh, Chicago Post Cafe. You got to get the the. The garlic fries, oh, my God, you can smell them coming. Um, you mentioned those
0: to me, or you wrote about yeah. those recently, right?
1: Yes, Where those we went to a couple couple weeks ago. It's on Central. If you're going, I'm terrible at directions. If you're going west on Central, and if you could see me, you'd see that I've got my hand heading left, so that I can imagine that that's west, uh, just past Reynolds. So there's, like, car dealerships and Enterprise yeah. used to be there, and it's kind of tucked back a little bit. I oh, think it's wow. right next to, it's right near Jan's Hot Dogs interesting Uh, what do they do there he's got just such an eclectic menu so when you say eclectic i mean they've got got some middle eastern things like grape leaves they've got um sandwiches homemade homemade soups homes homemade style soups uh they've even got donuts um and they've got cute so it's funny because when because when we were there i was looking at the donut array i was sitting right in front of it and they have cute little um, like donut holes, but with jelly. They're like sufganiot for Hanukkah. Those, so are, <laughs> so those
0: you should know better. Those are called munchkins.
1: Yeah, but that's if you go to like <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm not I'm not a a franchise chain kind of girl. Okay. Like we don't do we won't do them for cheap eats.
0: No, I, I and I, I wouldn't say that you would, but they just like everywhere you go is can I have an egg McMuffin? They're munchkins.
1: Okay, I'll try to remember that, it's but fun. I make no promises.
0: <laughs> um i have I have one real big gauntlet to throw down at you. And, it, and like I told you, it's my opinion, and then we have a conversation. but no, I, this has been so enjoyable. There could be we could do this weekly because we both love food, and it's amazing that we're not like morbidly obese. <laughs> but what's in so- control? It, mine sucks. That's why, (laughs) that's why every night it's, it's chicken over salad during the day. It's protein shakes. And then when I unleash, I unleash, um, my, I believe, and and I guess it's partly because we lived in the same building and he became a friend, but I, I believe the best restaurant in the area, pound for pound, food for food. And I don't even like it Mm
1: -hmm. is Kengo. Tango is one of the most extraordinarily talented, just, just remarkable. And you know, I've spent nearly seven years talking up Toledo's food scene. Everybody talks about Ann Arbor. Like you mentioned, the Zingerman's truck. Oh, you can get Ann Arbor food, and where are you going to eat when you're going to Ann Arbor? And you have to go grocery shopping in Ann Arbor. Or they talk about Cleveland. You know, Michael Simon's restaurants are there. There are there, there's the 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 Jewish food. There are just so many extraordinarily talented chefs cincinnati's food scene is up and coming we're close to chicago detroit detroit is a hidden gem and toledo does not sing its own praises sufficiently and so many talented people like aaron lawson is back in town he's at foul and fodder we've got erica rapp we've got chris nixon we've got a benchmark restaurant Kengo's. i mean just just an enormous wealth of talent and depth and breadth of talent here. And these are people who could shine in Chicago, who could shine in New York, who could be taken on the biggest named chefs in the biggest cities. And they're here, they are investing in our food scene and our community. So you mentioned Kengo, that's, that's just amazing. Just.
0: You've have you done omakase before? I'm sorry. Have you done omakase before?
1: No, I have not. That's another place that's on my, I have not had a chance to get there oh. yet because I'm doing too much too much cooking and baking.
0: Got it. Okay. Um I my uh, neighbor loved Kango when we lived in that building and mm-hmm. she could have kept Kango in business because she loved everything he made and I felt I oh, felt yeah. bad. I was like, dude I don't I don't eat this stuff. But the street food was good, but just the vibe, the experience, the fact that it's so it's intimate but
1: Yeah, that's the very word I was gonna use. Maybe it's a
0: little too crowded for me at times. I don't like crowds, but still um it was so welcoming there. And I said, I didn't, I, I'm not a fan, but I think that's pound for pound the best spot in town. But for me, and you already mentioned her name, it's it's Registry. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, you gotta do the, she's got the, Erica's the, Southern got Comfort. the, the yes, yep. yes. Because when we did She Beats there, because we want, we you know, we always like to do variety. We want to show places, like you would never think that you could get in for $10 and under a Registry, but you go for the happy hour, the, the nibbles and nosh menu. And so she was trying out some of the new the new Vittles, the Southern the southern Comfort Food menu on the day that we were there. So we got to try the chip, the crispy chicken with that that sweet hot sauce. Oh my gosh, oh yeah. my gosh.
0: I couldn't believe that that stuff was coming out of there. And I found Registry, when I first moved here, I was talking to people about like the, the kind of scene I like. Quiet, reserved, kind of maybe a little chic and they're like, you need to go to Registry. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know if Registry has gotten as big as it possibly could have, because I think some people might hear it or see it and be put off by it. But I, that's why I always take the opportunity to go, this isn't like the Chop House or Final Cut where you're going to get good food, but you're also going to pay like $50 for an entree. I love that Erica's prices are, it's five-star food and it's like three-and-a-half-star prices. You can do two people in there for well under 75 bucks,
1: And it's not pretentious. No. You might get the notion that it's going to be this very, you know, pretentious and snobby kind of place and it's just she and her staff are so warm and so inviting and and really if you look at her menu it's it's all on some level it's comfort food it's elevated comfort food and she just wants to feed you and feed your soul and it's just she could go anywhere and she's she's here she's yeah. home
0: um so do you have a pound for pound favorite place or best place that you'd like
1: to tout oh i I can't really say, and, and I don't say that just to be diplomatic, although you know I've got friends throughout the restaurant and food sure. scene, so I don't want to hurt any feelings, and I have said a lot about a lot of places that I like, but it really depends, people will say, what's your favorite Chinese restaurant, or what's your favorite whatever, and it's so hard because it depends on the time of day, it yeah. depends on the season, it depends on your mood. Um, you know, somebody might say, "What's your your favorite place to get ice cream?" Well, you know, if it's January and there's a foot of snow, I would probably still eat ice cream, but <laughs> it's not really sort of top on your list. Um, I think there there are just so many variables. A place that you love on on this sort of day is a place where if somebody said, "Hey, let's go there," you're like. No, I'm not sure I'm in the mood for that right now. What so place I just you, think there are too many variables.
0: I can ask, don't give me your diplomatic back. <laughs> yes, I can I can shove that diplomacy right down your throat. So I'll ask you, th- I'll ask it this way. All um, right. I'll be the next debate moderator if there ever is one ever again. <laughs> what place would you never say no to? Oh, gee. Candy Corn with Sarah at a city council meeting. <laughs> Um, you can think about it and that could be in the, uh, that could be the next time we podcast and do all this stuff. You can, yeah, I'm going to
1: have to think about that because I've got such a long list and, and again, in my case, sometimes I'm going for the food. Sometimes I'm going for the craving. Sometimes I'm going for the event. Sometimes I'm going just to hang out and see my friends, you know, like, uh, like the, the downtown Coney Island, um, is right across the street from the blade and Freaksos has been there, um, manning the show. Um, he took over for his, for his uncle, you know, so it celebrated its 100th anniversary last year. And every time I go there, there's this cross section and you're calling down the restaurant to the, somebody who's sitting at the counter or to somebody who's sitting at the next booth. People come and they, you know, they bring their food and they sit at the next table and pull up a chair. So you're having a conversation. And sometimes you don't even care if you get the, the, the coney dogs, although they're really, really good. Sometimes you just want to sit and say, Hey to Frixos and see what's going on in the neighborhood
0: yep yep. i do miss that about living downtown i i like to say that i've i've traded uh you know all my cool local coffee shops and people saying hey can you come over and they're like and i'm like where you at they're like at the pad patio with the dirty but i've traded that for having a target and unlimited starbucks but i did my time (laughs) downtown and uh the dogs like to chase squirrels where we live now so
1: okay well it's all about the dogs I've got cats it's, it's all about the animals it's all about the babies
0: you, you're not you're not wrong and there's two people that i know that in the last couple weeks i've said i would throw you in front of a moving car if it meant saving even someone else's dog and they're like oh that's a little violent i'm like yeah i like but i like
1: dogs a lot and you've <laughs> probably made some poor decisions and you follow we write dogs and bodega cats i'm sure i do not <gasps> you have to
0: is that a new york thing
1: um the bodega cats i think is you know because all the little all the little bodegas all the little corner stores they all have cats and they sleep on the on the on the crates and boxes and cash registers and whatnot and then there's we rate dogs uh, which, oh, which takes pictures okay <laughs> you got to know that one you got to know that one so um, so I'm not on Twitter a lot like I follow a lot of things I don't participate a lot and it's funny because you know you mentioned Sarah it's it's only because I had to bring some treats into work one day uh, share the wealth that I had at home so we didn't eat it all um, and she mentioned that, that you had wanted to, to, to do this and have this conversation, but I couldn't look at Twitter. Right. So I miss out on Bodega Cats and we Ray Dogs and all the things that get me through my day. Those are the things that get me through my day uh, because I can't from Tuesday through Friday until I can watch Bake Off after it's aired across the pond on Tuesdays until Friday when it gets on Netflix, I can't go anywhere near Twitter because I follow everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> but those are two you have to follow. You have to, you have to fall.
0: I'll do the dogs. I'm not much of a cat person. And to be honest, like as much as I'm East coast, I'm Philadelphia. I have mm-hmm. my interest in New York is solely about watching SVU. <laughs> um, this was as pleasurable as I hoped it would be.
1: This has been so much fun. It's been an absolute joy.
0: So when's it, give, give me the rundown for all your pieces and blade news slide in the paper. You can subscribe to the blade. What's the rundown for, for your work?
1: First of all please subscribe to the blade we we need your support um, you you have no idea how much hard work how much important news how much how much relevant content you are missing if you're not subscribed yeah. um, so you can go to you get the print paper there's toledoblade.com 24 7. there's news slide our free app uh, so you don't have to miss stories if money is an issue and i know money can be an issue uh, download the free app and you'll you'll still get the stories uh, we have the E blade uh, every day it's like reading the newspaper but on the screen it's virtual so there's there's all of these different ways to not miss out on us yep. so then I do the Wednesday food pages so I do a, a big recipe feature each Wednesday and I have a column sometimes I do second stories particularly at the holidays when there's so much food news going on on Sundays Sometimes I do morsels, which is little tidbits of, of food information, like don't forget the Zingerman's truck is coming, or this church is doing a drive-through fish fry. We wanna support them. Um, sometimes it's a pantry recipe. A lot of events have not been kicking back in to the extent that we would like. So, so if we don't have enough events to fill out a morsels column, I'll give you a pantry recipe. And then on the first Sunday of each month, We do dinner for one, which I'm hoping is really extra relevant this year as people are staying away from their extended families and their friends and they're cooking maybe more for themselves or just for, you know, one or two people. But, you know, the thing I always like to tell people with dinner for one is if you cook for yourself, you're not wasting your time. Yeah, it may be easier to pick something up at the store to nuke a pizza to do whatever, but you can make it the way you want it. You can make it exactly the way you like it.
0: Yeah. And I, I think you might, maybe you'll, you, you might've had some, some inner conflict like I've had through all this. We were telling people to go out and eat, but it's like, I think I hit a point and I, I'd like to say that I was one of the first people to, to say this, like, hold on, this is great. Like, yeah, we do need these restaurants, but we yeah. like, you know, let's not go out all the time. Stay within your budget. Cause we are all living in an uncertain financial future. So dinner for one or dinner for four, yeah. make it at home.
1: That's it, we're doing dinner for four for Thanksgiving because we know that the people are going to be downsizing and let's hear it folks, Uh, you should be downsizing. Um, But also too, when you ask what other other venues I have, I also have Cheap Eats, which goes up every other Wednesday. So we're gonna have November 11th, then the 25th, I'm still trying to figure out what we're gonna do for our pre-Thanksgiving. Last year, uh, Cheap Eats went up on Christmas day. So we went and had Chinese food at Golden Lily. Oh my gosh, it was so good. <laughs> They're always so sweet.
0: Uh, if you, well, you're probably not. Would you normally go home for the holidays this year? No. Okay. No,
1: I'm. You, you'll, you'll see in in my column for the for the 11th that I talk about um, how my family does not put the fun in dysfunction. So no. I'm used to having the downsized holiday where there's only two or three of us. So I want people to know I I understand that it's hard because. I've had several years to, to get used to this idea. Um, please know that I sympathize, take the time to mourn it. You know, things have been very different this year and don't just say, Oh, that's okay. We'll still have a nice holiday. Yes. I hope you have a really, really lovely holiday. And I hope you make it special. If that means making a whole pumpkin pie and you eat it for the next week, cause you're only making it for yourself, but that makes your holiday special, then do it, but take the time to, to just sit with the fact that things are different and the people that you would love to have at your table are just not going to be there, but it's because you love them. It's not because your family is fractured, it's because you love them that you're keeping your distance.
0: Well, it's okay to think about the people that you don't have to deal with either.
1: You know, if that's what gets you through it, absolutely. You know what? So then if if you've always wanted to make, say, Brussels sprouts and you've got some family member that won't eat them or Do somebody it. who doesn't want orange food, then you go and you enjoy making all that stuff that nobody else wants to eat.
0: I was—I asked the Hollies. I was just going to say we will go get Chinese on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Where are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know. It's it, It's usually like a last-minute decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, and it depends what day of the week. Christmas fall on. I think it's a Friday this year
0: and if we make it to Christmas I'm not I'm not scheduling too far out
1: we'll make it to Christmas <laughs> we gotta make it to Christmas we gotta make it to the inauguration yeah <gasps> if i'm allowed to say that yeah,
0: absolutely <laughs> yeah i when when we were doing the podcast over the summertime in the morning with some things and my co-host floyd would say yeah, a lot of people are gonna get pissed off from like like floyd we ran those people off here on the podcast long ago these are the diehards <laughs> um well i think i think i caught up with everybody i'd like to chat with what about john chavez but he i like his stuff too
1: Oh, good. He's a he's a really good friend of mine. Would
0: he talk to really, me?
1: Really, really nice guy. Would he I'll talk tell to him me? too. Okay, I'll tell him. John, go do this. this
0: cool. Is fun. John also has like like we all know the city council stuff and the speed cameras are back and there's an accident here. Blah. Although, uh, uh road warrior guy, his stuff is very David, important. David, yeah. And David, it's David Patch, right? David Patch should not be overlooked. But John scores some big ones. Like I see I see him writing about stuff and then a couple of weeks later, I'm like. Uh, you know, if you would have known, if you would have read this article on the blade, you would have seen that this was coming, but now here you go. So he gets good yeah. notes. He ha- he has real good sources.
1: He's, he's very, very talented, very astute. And what I like about his stories is that I do not consider myself even remotely interested in anything business or financial, yeah. but he finds the the human common element in it and makes it relevant and makes it interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you. We could, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that we could go on for hours and be like, Oh, it's only been 15 minutes.
1: Sometimes you just get a good, a good vibe from people. I knew going into this, that this was going to be fun.
0: Well, once we uh, symbolically or over the internet broke bread over candy corn, I knew we'd be golden. So <laughs> that's
1: it. Exactly.
0: Like corn syrup, golden.
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to tidy this up. It'll be posted soon. And thank you again. And um, I will just try to talk to you before Tuesday or after Friday on the internet.
1: That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. You can hit me up on Facebook or email. Just I, I, won't see you on Twitter.
0: Yeah, Mary, Bill, you see, I said it right. I'm so pleased. That was. The I'm highlight so of proud all of you.
1: This. Now thank go you, watch some you. of my videos so you can hear me say it too.
0: I will. I will. You're <laughs> gonna make me fat. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so Alrighty, much.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye.